0: Hello, audience of Navigate. Hope you've enjoyed today's session. Uh, hello to my fellow Zenonites. Uh, I'm Ilhan, I'm the director of people here at Cargo. I myself sit on our own DENI committee, uh, which has been a great journey, um, seeing different points of views about things that could be changing in, inside and outside of the industry. There's certainly a lot to do in terms of diverse, diversity, equity and inclusion from an industry and employer's perspective. Today we're going to have a conversation and give you some insights of some of the discussions that we have around this topic. I think we all know that the supply chain is already tackling a talent shortage and in order to attract new talent, organizations need to devise and also commit to DEI actions, especially as we move through an ever evolving socio-economic landscape. This includes us here at Zencargo. We've been on a great exploratory journey inside and outside of our own industry. And this panel today will give you insights to some of those conversations that we have. I've invited Lucy Harding from Odgers Burnson and Sophie Swift from Matches to participate in the panel today. How it's evolved over time when we talk about diversity in supply chain and why the industry needs to continue to rally behind change initiatives. So hello, Sophie. Hello, Lucy. Uh, Thank you both for joining me in the conversation today. Lucy, I'm going to hand over to you for an introduction and then Sophie will move to you. Just a brief intro on your company role and background today.
1: Thank you, Ilhan. Thanks for having me. So um, I work for a firm called Rogers Benson. We are a global executive search business. Uh, We work with clients across all industries and geographies and all sorts of different senior leadership roles. My focus is to recruit uh, chief supply chain and chief procurement officers and their leadership teams. Um, And I've been here for 12 years now uh, in the industry uh, procurement in and around procurement supply chain since I graduated in 1998. Um, Over to Sophie.
2: Hi, oh, thanks Lucy, hi Ilhan, um, I'm Sophie, I'm Head of Delivery at Matches Fashion, I've worked with uh, four matches for two years, prior to that I was with the URBN group, uh, and prior to that I spent six years in various roles on the forwarding side of the fence, so I've worked both um, on the 3PL and on the retail side.
0: Awesome, thank you ladies, thanks for introductions. Uh, great different perspectives and points of views as well from your various levels of experience in the industry. Sophie, I want to ask the first question to you just to follow on from your intro. From your own experience in supply chain, how have you seen the landscape of diversity change from where you started out to where the industry is today?
2: Sure. Um, if I touch upon I guess a bit more about my personal journey first of all, uh, the first six years of my career at uni was spent with forwarders uh, and then I subsequently moved across to work within the supply chain function of two international retailers in 2017. Uh, within the forwarding sector, I've moved, or I moved twice, based upon internal support and recommendations. Once was to a new company, and secondly, it was to a new region. Uh, my time in Hong Kong was, was really pivotal for me. Um, it was a work-orientated move and gave me a really appreciation of how important belonging and feeling a part of something within a role an organisation can be. Um, I worked within a a local Hong Kongese team with language and cultural differences. And in time, we unlocked really exciting capability uh, brought about by having different backgrounds um, kind of come together to deliver great success for both business and the client. Uh, If I then focus on industry a bit more, I'd say I've personally experienced more diverse representation within in-house retail versus within the 3PL space. Uh, I think this can probably be attributed to a number of things if I look at the timing of my employment, the location of the head office and the businesses, but also the reach and the attract- attractiveness of the company's brands. So Urban Outfitters is a lot more likely to resonate with a wide group of in- individuals than, say, Double O C Logistics. Um, if the move to both of the retail roles that I've held um, was very much self-driven, therefore, I would say that personally I found more doors opened organically and through leaders and mentors in the field within 3PLs who have been really significant in facilitating unexpected and unplanned career opportunities for me. Um, and then if I look a little bit more at today, I think wider awareness around the importance of DNI is really building um, as a leader. It's something that I'm personally a lot more conscious about through recruitment, development, and also figuring out how, how to drive progress for both the team and business. Um, in my daily interactions, groups and of individuals that I'm engaging with, both internally and externally, are a lot more diverse than they were if I roll back 10 to 12 years ago. Um, but we're also in a space where the needs of our customer and business is, is changing and therefore considerations in this space, I think, are going to continue to evolve.
0: Definitely. That's a really great insight. Thank you for that, Sophie. I think one of the things you touched on that really resonates with me, it's not just from a recruitment perspective, it's those development pathways as well that open up eyes, open up doors and generate new pathways to bring new crowds of talent through. I think a lot of people that work in supply chain certainly didn't expect to be in supply chain, as is the same with a lot of other industries. But I think specifically in supply chain, there's an element of it's a one size fits all it's the same old same old being such a you know well established old industry um and i think that's a really great point that you've mentioned there that it's it both sits in development recruitment and also what you touched on about companies becoming more aware of it um, which i think is super important leads me really well into my next question which is for you lucy I think over time, we've definitely seen diversity in the workforce change and evolve, certainly from an awareness perspective, as Sophie mentioned. From a recruitment perspective, Lucy, do you see the industry becoming more inclusive?
1: Yes, I do, is the answer to that. And I think, I mean, I, I said, I, my role is across industries uh, in terms of recruiting functional supply chain leaders. Plus, we also cover the 3PL logistics sector uh, in terms of commuting, uh, recruiting their commercial leaders. So to absolutely echo Sophie's experience, I think, in her career, I would say corporate functional leadership roles and their teams are increasingly becoming more diverse. I would say the industry of logistics and distribution is is lagging behind somewhat in that in that area Um, but diversity and inclusion diversity and inclusion is a a board agenda it's a board topic for all of the work that my firm does you know we do everything cfo hr cio uh, supply chain uh, and all leadership roles it's an absolute criteria on every piece of recruitment we undertake you know our clients we, we challenge ourselves to ensure our shortlists are diverse um, but our ch- if we don't our clients will anyway you know they will reject shortlists if they're if they're not diverse they want to know where have we looked how have we um, you know, what pools have we gone into? How have we really, really explored all these different areas of the market to ensure that we are looking to attract and engage with a diverse set of candidates? So it is absolutely a board priority
0: love that and i love that your clients hold you accountable as well i think it's a great demonstration that the awareness is building it's becoming more of a want than a need or a quota and that sounds like it's reflecting in the work that you're undertaking as well for,
1: for sure just to add um that um it in, and again building on what sophie said it is about recruitment and it is about development but it's about retention and yeah recruiting and attracting diverse talent you have to you know be very focused and ensure you're doing that and all of your branding all of your language that you use in adverts and in your interview processes um yeah you know, there's lots of stats to show you know diverse interview selection group will make it more likely to make a diverse appointment a mm-hmm. White, male, as one example, you know, uh, interview group of of individuals are less likely to make a diverse appointment and equally be um, welcoming of a diverse candidate. If you're interviewed by, you know, a very um, kind of monoculture, it's not necessarily going to be the right image that that individual is going to want to join your organisation. But it's then about inclusivity. Right. So you can you can recruit a real diverse workforce. But if you don't then um, have inclusive practices and ensure that those people feel like they belong, then you Mm. won't keep them. So attracting and recruiting is one part for sure. You don't get anywhere if you don't start there, but you then have to build on it and create an inclusive culture.
0: Definitely. I think that's super important. And I think. From my own experience and talking with other people in the industry, I think that element can sometimes get missed because there's so much focus on that introductory space. How do we acquire that talent? How do we get it on board? And then it's a tick rather than, OK, how do we retain and build them to be an example of the next generation to also bring that in as well? So mm-hmm. I think that's a really key point you've pointed out there. Thank you. Um, I think I mean, I said this earlier, but supply chain is definitely one of the oldest industries in the world. and. I think today's workforce still sees it very much as an old school space to be in, which immediately impacts a mindset of you know that's the place to be. Myself included, I never thought I'd end up in supply chain, and I love it. Um, and I think that impacts how the passive and the active market thinks about the opportunities in supply chain. And w- with that in mind, what do you think? This is a question for both both of you. And Lucy, I'll start with you just to follow on from what you've just said. But with that all in mind, what do you think are the challenges to changing that culture and overall perception of supply chain, of supply chain, sorry, to build interest in those untapped pools?
1: I don't think we've helped ourselves because supply chain uh, has about 75 definitions that last count, right? <laughs> <laughs> it means different things to different people they say supply chain they mean logistics and distribution others say supply chain they mean planning and manufacturing others mean the whole thing others mean suppliers that you buy from that are in your extended supply chain so i think that's that's probably the number one is to get some alignment on how do we describe what this is right and yeah. it is different and it. It's different in different industries. So you can't come up with one definition, but I think some clarity around exactly what it is and and being able to describe it in a succinct way and then take that into universities and into schools and, and help people understand. I mean, I, I think, um, and obviously be careful what you wish for, right? But I think the last three or four years in terms of bringing supply chain as a as vocabulary into the everyday language of everybody um, has happened, um, you know, since Brexit really, we've had Brexit, then we've obviously had the pandemic and then we've had all the supply chain disruption issues, Russia, Ukraine. So people day to day now talk about supply chains. So I think it's also about capitalizing on that and making people understand what supply chain is. It's about getting, particularly in the pandemic, you know, the standing up of the supply chain around vaccines and around test and trace was supply chain at its best. Um, And I think we need to um, take advantage of those examples that we all lived through to help people understand what it is and why it's a great career to go into.
0: That was great. Thank you. I think um, the multi-definition of supply chain is, is certainly something that we all face when people, when I tell people I work in supply chain and they say, oh, what part? I'm like, all of it. Oh, I just work in all of it. I touch it all. So I definitely think there's a some alignment needed for the particular categories. I love category thinking. And I think some alignment there uh, certainly sets companies up to have the right discussions and the right branding to attract people. Uh, to their businesses um Sophie for you I, I'd be keen to uh hear what do you think just going back to what you're talking about development paths and your own journey in this space what can be done to make the more traditional industry career paths more flexible and attractive to new generations
2: I think um I mean I can really resonate with your point of no one necessarily or there's roll back a bit and no one planned to go into supply chain slash logistics slash ops right and that was my story and a lot of the same story from those kind of my peer group and those around me so if I look within my team I've got um, engineers I've got those that studied fashion I've got um, those that studied mathematics I've got those that kind of left school at 16 and actually um it is a really viable, exciting, um, varied career path, irrespective of where you start out. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's the amazing thing is there's there's a real opportunity to pivot. Um, I also, I mean like yes, I've moved from forwarder to retail. I mean, there is a consistent focus. I had a bit of time where I was more cross-sector, but but kind of retail is the thing that's that's underpinned my career. But I've also even within the retail space, gone from inbound to outbound. Um, Brexit brought about loads of fun in customs. Um, you're kind of you're building solutions. You're on the cusp of of doing what's new and you're then starting to kind of educate industry on how we navigate um your customs laws etc so th- and and there's a real legal spin to that and and you look at your day-to-day and you're bridging from contract pieces to p l's to um like how do I get a parcel from A to B like it's it's so different and I think that's that's for me personally kind of what I thrive off but I don't I don't think there's enough out there where people can truly get a sense of that and and look at that and say do you know what that might actually be quite cool because you hear ops and supply chain and I think a lot of people are just turned off and they think it's boring um and maybe I am a geek but like I I actually think there's there's so there's such a great story to tell and there's a bit more we need to do a better job of shaping that and and um letting people know that it's there's, there's such a wide variety of things that you can span across and also you can keep changing. Um, and in that comes a, like building a great portfolio of experience.
0: I really like what you said there about portfolio of experience, because I think where we talk about from one side that there's so many ways to describe supply chain, which is you know funny and we should, we should align and get categories. It's also a great way to highlight that you really can build an ever evolving career in that space because how it translates from 3PL space or freight forwarder or retail space, it all means something different, but it means you're always learning, always growing, which is something I think from a DEI perspective, everybody wants a piece of that pie. Everybody wants to you know, keep evolving ourselves. We spend 70 hours a week working, 40 hours a week, whatever it is for different people, you know, you wanna feel what am I getting in return and that constant feeling of growth is inclusive if people are provided the right opportunities to have those paths, regardless of where they're from and what they've done. And I, I think that's that ties me into initiatives. So I think it's really important for companies to have initiatives, not just for today, but how does it foster the future? How does it shed this education to those untapped pools of people that want to join this space, maybe don't want to join this space? Um, and. Closing question for you both before we move to a QA is why do you believe it's important for companies to have DEI initiatives? Lucy, I'll hand to you first.
1: Um, oh, so many reasons. I mean, you can you know, there's lots of um, reports out there that just demonstrate diverse organizations are more profitable, right? That's not the reason to do it, but businesses need a reason to do things sometimes. <laughs> so um, you know, there is there is empirical fact-based evidence to demonstrate that, but it, it just creates more um a more interesting environments for people to, to work in. I think you have more loyalty from your organisations. I think you're more reflective of your company, your, your client base um, yeah. if your organisation is, is diverse. Um, and, and just very quickly, just to go backwards and then I'll hand to Sophie, but yeah, I think what's it going to encourage this? Yes, about explanation of what supply chain is, but it's about having visible role models, right? And, and being yeah. able to see that not just diverse candidates, but actually we're trying to present the function or the career path too, is this is where this role could take you? You know, you don't stay down a, you know, in a cul-de-sac. You have this whole breadth of vision across all aspects of the supply chain, and in in most sectors, you know, the 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 overall chief supply chain officer can end up on the board of an organization. It is a very very, um, you know, rich career path to follow if you want to follow it. So I think we need to. Um, kind of showcase where this career can take you if you want to uh, in lots of different directions in terms of breadth of different roles plus if you want to get to the top table you can do that through this route
0: yeah love the idea of role models so important to highlight that thanks lucy um sophie what about you what do you believe uh, uh why do you believe it's important that companies have those initiatives
2: i think i think representation is a really important one i think it's i think strength in difference is also um something that I kind of see within my team at the moment and and genuinely kind of I'm sat in a place where they are the great best group of individuals that I've kind of ever been able to partner with and work with and I think to be inspired by differences in opinion and different voices and be and have healthy challenge I think it just creates a really interesting space to feel a part of um I also think if everybody's the same and you just stand still right so it's, it's yeah. it helps in driving forward and being progressive um I also think it's representative of the world we exist in right um, yeah. and that, that's quite a macro answer but um that we we live in a really diverse country um and I think it's that should be reflected within the organizations and the workplaces that, that kind of we are employed by.
0: Definitely, I, I completely agree. We should reflect that. I'm also going to steal your strength and difference because I love a good slogan, so thanks for that. Um, <laughs> conscious of time, uh, I think that's where we'll wrap the, the session up for now. And I think some of the key takeaways is definitely around education. How do we get role models in that de space to attract talent in an industry that's facing a shortage Uh, and definitely having those commitments to devising initiatives, seeing them through uh, and further showcasing why this industry that we're all a part of is genuinely so great. Um, So Sophie, Lucy, thank you both very much.